Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of AdMail. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. I'm here to help you find the answers to the most frequently asked questions from my clients about self-directed retirement accounts. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of AdMail. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. On today's episode, we're going to be curating this podcast to related family transactions. So I picked three questions that I thought were very relevant to topics involving trying to do transactions with friends, family, in hopes of circumventing the prohibited transaction rules under 4975. So before I get started, I just want to set forth the prohibited transaction rules. So in sum, believe it or not, with a retirement account, you can do almost anything you want except three things. Can't buy life insurance in an IRA. You potentially could in a 401k, depending on your plan, docs. Number two, you can't buy collectibles like baseball cards, art. There are special carve out under 408M of the code for pure precious metals, i.e. gold, silver, palladium, bullion coins, American Eagle statement, good stuff, 0.99% finesse. Just note, you cannot hold them personally. They must be held in a physical depository, insured depository, which is for your security. And thirdly, under 4975, you can't do anything with your IRA or 401k that in any way, directly or indirectly, personally benefits you, your lineal descendants, your parents, your children, your spouse, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, or any entities controlled by such persons, 50% or more. Otherwise, you can do it. So now let's bring these three questions uh, to light. So first question is from Timothy R. of Tempe, Arizona. Just keep the prohibited transaction concepts in the back of your head because it will help you understand where I'm going with these uh, questions. So first question, I want to use my self-directed IRA to lend my brother money. Do I need to charge an interest rate? So brothers, sisters, siblings are not disqualified people. So you are allowed, yes, you are allowed to transact with your brother, sister, friend, cousin, aunt, uncle. Remember, you just can't do it up and down the family tree. So you can't do parents, children, spouse, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, or any entities controlled by such persons, 50% or more. Brothers and sisters are not deemed lineal. Believe it or not, I, I think of my sister, I'm super close to my sister, so I would totally want to do stuff, and I have actually done stuff with my sister in the IRA context. Um, I would consider her you know, lineal, um, but the tax code doesn't, so better for us. So yes, you can transact with your siblings. You should charge an interest rate. Why? Because if you don't have an interest rate, the IRS will deem that as a gift, and you're not allowed to gift your IRA, so you end up may violating the, the uh, prohibited transaction rules by doing that, or the IRS could argue um, it's a deemed distribution. Probably that's the, um, I would say, argument they would make versus prohibited transaction. But in any event, it would be subject to tax and 10% penalty if you're under 59 and a half. So anytime you transact, whether it's uh, third parties, brothers, sisters, friends, have an interest rate, the prime is 5.5.0, 
five and a half percent now, which is kind of high. You don't necessarily need to go that high, but you want to do at least, you know, two, three percent. You want to have some rate of interest. So it's actually treated as a loan and not a gift. So uh, thanks for that question, Timothy from Tempe, Arizona. Next question is from YouTube. And I understand why it's anonymous. If I lend my friend money via my self-directed IRA and he turns around and lends the funds back to me, would that be a prohibited transaction? So I get this a lot. And I've probably done a bunch of questions on, on this podcast on this. Uh, I'm shocked how many times I get it. So there's something called a step transaction doctrine or economic substance doctrine. And that means when you do something, the transaction needs to have substance. It needs to be real. It can't be a sham, meaning you can't be using the transaction for a ulterior purpose or the another way of looking at it, the person you're transacting with can't be a straw person. Meaning I lend my friend 100K and he turns around the next day and gives me back that 100K. That's circular. What the IRS would do is they would just essentially ignore the first step of the transaction and treat it as you transacting with yourself. Why? Because if you lend your friend 100K and then he or she turns around and gives you right back the money right back, that looks like a sham, right? It looks like a straw man. There's no purpose to that initial transaction. So could, could you do these types of transactions? Well, technically, yeah, if there's substance. So if I lent my friend 100K and eight months later, he turned around and let me, let me 60 or 140 at a different interest rate, and we can show that they weren't related. So when I initially sent or lent him the money, there was no prearranged plan for him or her to lend me back the money. I guess that could work. Um, how do you prove a prearranged plan? Well, obviously, if there's an email saying, hey, Hey, Jim, I'm going to lend you 100K. And then in six months, you're going to lend me back 99K. That's not going to help you. If nothing's on paper and there's no way anyone could show it's prearranged, the numbers are different, the interest rates are different, the duration of the loan is different, technically it could be okay, right? But just be super cautious. Just don't take the IRS for fools. They're not stupid, right? They've seen a lot of this stuff. So um, if you are planning on doing you know, third party, uh, or you know some type of circular types of transactions, three-way deals. Be very careful. Um, you want to make sure it's not prearranged. You want to really make sure each step has substance. Because um, trust me, there's plenty of case law on this stuff. The IRS is not stupid. If they see something that looks fishy, where there's two arms to the transaction, but the first arm really looks kind of like a sham, and there's no substance, they'll just collapse it and ignore it and treat the transaction is essentially you transacting with yourself, which is prohibited. So just be super careful about these types of transactions. I personally don't think they're worth it. Now, obviously, if you lent you know, your brother 100K and then it turns out that he's going to lend you 20K six months or eight months or two years down the road or invest in your business and it's not prearranged, yeah, that stuff happens. Yeah, we know that stuff happens. But obviously, if the handshake deal like, hey, Amy, here's 80K, and then six weeks later, lend me back $79,999. You know, come on. So just be smart about it. That's my, my advice. And uh, if it is prearranged, just don't do it because the IRS will not appreciate it. Third question is from Jill F. of Wichita, Kansas. And Jill wants to know, I want to buy real estate with my solo 401k and need additional funds. Can I borrow funds from a friend or do I have to use a bank? So the only rules, Jill, for borrowing money is that the lender cannot be a disqualified person. Remember, under 4975, as I mentioned, 
disqualified person is a parent, child, spouse, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, or any entities controlled by such persons. So a bank is a third party, unless you own the bank, which or a family member owns it, but probably unlikely. So you can transact with any third party. It could be a bank, it could be a friend, aunt, uncle, brother, sister, cousin. So you don't need a bank. It just needs to be a third party, not a disqualified person. And this is a big and the loan must be a non-recourse loan, which is a loan you do not personally guarantee. That's super important. Why? Because under Internal Revenue Code Section 4975, you're not allowed to personally guarantee an obligation of your retirement account. That is why the loan must be non-recourse. So anytime you're borrowing money, two things you got to keep in mind. Number one, make sure the lender is not related to you, not up and down the family tree. Brothers and sisters are good. Cousins, banks, third parties. And then the loan must be non-recourse. That's the second important item to remember. Not a recourse loan, not like a traditional mortgage where if you don't pay, they can come after you and put you into bankruptcy. And it must be a non-recourse loan, which means if you do not pay, all they can do is seek recourse against the property, that asset, take the asset. They can't go after you personally. That is the difference between a recourse and a non-recourse loan. So Jill, just to answer your question, you can board from anyone, just not a lineal descendant, be a bank, can be a friend, can be a cousin, neighbor, whatever. And just make sure the loan is non-recourse. So there you go. That's another ad mail in the bag. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Just remember, you can really do almost anything you want with an IRA, except three things. Life insurance, there is a potential exemption in a 401k. You can't do collectibles like baseball cards or stamps, but you can do pure precious metals, but make sure you hold them in a depository. Do not hold them at home or in your personal possession. And then thirdly, the big category under 4975 is you can't do anything that in any way directly or indirectly personally benefits you or your lineal descendants, your parents, your children, your spouse, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, or any entities 50% or more controlled by such persons, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, friends, those are good. Those are not lineal. Um, and then obviously, you know, don't get too cute. Don't do these circular types of transactions or these straw person type transactions, which do not have a lot of substance um, because the IRS isn't stupid. They're not dumb. And if they feel like it's pre-ranged and there is essentially a sham transaction occurring, they will just ignore it and potentially treat you as a prohibited transaction, which you do not want. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. Don't forget to subscribe. Um, and don't forget to check out my other two podcasts, which drop on Wednesday and Thursday. Well, actually, Tuesday and Wednesday. AdBits is on Tuesday. Uh, this one is obviously every Thursday. And then Adam Talks is every Wednesday, which uh, you'll hear my take on various uh, retirement tax investment questions and, and kind of a tax attorney's alternative take. So pretty cool. We're at like 353, 54 episodes. So I've been doing it a while. So uh, hopefully you've checked it out and enjoy it. Otherwise, thanks again for spending some time with me today. Have a great, great rest of your day. And uh, hopefully I'll see you again next week. Take care.